You know what they say about business, right? Starting a business is like throwing a massive house party. I'll provide the entertainment and vodka. You show up ready to enjoy yourself. Hustlers, I'm Asenath Horton and this is Hustle and Grow, a podcast where we take a normal person who's launched something completely badass and we get real with what makes them tick. I love apps. I use a ton of different apps and even more, I love the hustlers that create big game-changing apps. So Ryan, welcome to the show and uh, tell us a little bit more about Zing, your game-changing app. Well, Sam, thank you uh, for having me. I appreciate it. So a little bit about me. I've been an entrepreneur all my life, really for the last 20 plus years. Always owned my own businesses and come up with ideas and uh, implemented them and, and, and built them. Uh, and for me, for, for Zing, I'm actually the co-founder. My partner, John Fisher, and I came up with the, uh, the app kind of together as we were trying to solve one of our, our problems of um, getting together and meeting new people. So it really came as a uh, mutual kind of idea that we both had and have been working on together. Okay, that's great. Um, tell us a little bit more about about you as a as a founder, as an entrepreneur. And I actually love that you brought John into this conversation because John's another totally kick ass entrepreneur, and uh, absolutely love the guy. But I want to hear a little bit more about you. Yeah, my I, I think is more a personal thing where I never really liked working for other people. Although I've been a good employee, I've always wanted to do my own thing. And, you know, I don't know if that stems from, you know, not wanting to answer to anybody or I have an idea and I want to implement it um, or maybe run my own schedule. Uh, You know, in an entrepreneur, you're not doing that for more free time. You know, a lot of times people think, hey, I want to own my own business so I can control my schedule. You actually control it less. Uh, But I think I just like the, the upside potential of being able to do my own thing. And that's what excites me and kind of drives me um, with that mindset. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's great. Tell me a little bit about how you like, what part of this app and this business do you get to run fast with? Well, the whole thing has been really run fast, slow down. So you have, yeah, you have to bring something from an idea and make it a reality. So that, that just takes a lot of work and creativity and throwing ideas around, but it also, you need a lot of patience because you want it to kind of follow your core functionality, solve the core problems that you're wanting to solve with the app. So you want to be careful not to move too fast and move away from some of those core functions. And I would say that some of the best things that have happened to us is having to be patient and really let ideas germinate and think about them run them forwards and backwards and, and see if they fit in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a really great way of taking it. And, you know, I'm going to kind of digress a little bit away from our questions for a quick second. What are some of your favorite uh, things that you do when you and John or anybody else on your team are brainstorming? You know, it's funny. Uh, we have had many, many sessions of brainstorming around the conference table with, whether it's just John and I or four, five of us 
uh, sitting there coming up with ideas. But oddly enough, some of the best ideas I think have come just when it's quiet, when you're, I'm working out, um, just different times where I'll call John. I'm like, I got it. I figured it out uh, type of stuff. And then having the benefit of the team uh, to kind of bounce that off of them, see what they think. That doesn't mean every idea has been a good idea. It's probably been one out of 10 has been a good idea, but a lot of times it just comes in your spare time. And I think that that's part of being uh, a founder entrepreneur is you're thinking about it all the time for better or worse. And that's just the way it is. Yeah, I completely agree. The whole thinking about it all the time for better or worse. Sometimes when you decide to start a business, it's almost like you're getting married to, and it's not a person, but it definitely is a a very solid, real thing that you're saying yes to. So I love the better or worse analogy there. Let's jump into, you know, this particular app a little bit more and delve into the big idea, you know, as we jump from brainstorming and coming up with a lot of different ideas is some great, some not so great jumping into what is Zing. So tell me a little bit about where this idea came from. Yeah. So John and I are both about the same stage in life, single, uh, divorced dad. We each have three children. And really where it came from was we would do dinner parties uh, at John's house and we'd have married couples, single people, and we kind of got tired of the current uh, landscape of dating apps. And so we thought, wouldn't it be great if we could find a dating app where it could create like a group date, maybe eight people, four girls, four guys type of a thing, and just make it a little more casual and not have the one-on-one um, you know, awkwardness of, of meeting someone new. And so as we started to look around, there really wasn't anything out there. And the closest we could find would be like meetup, but there's no way to control um, you know, who's coming or anything like that. So, you know, we had the, the bright idea to create an app because, you know, it's so easy, right? That's yeah. what we thought. And uh, <laughs> as we got in, as we got into it a few months, I was showing my 11 year old daughter how we were going to kind of the algorithm to get people together. And she said, well, why don't you do an app like that for kids? And that is when the light went off. She wasn't talking about a dating app. She was just saying is like, we don't have a casual way to get together. We have Snapchat, Instagram, and text message. And we really don't have anything in the middle as a way to communicate and get together with our friends. And that's when um, I called John up and we met right away and we both agreed, you know, there's a much bigger market and a much bigger need um, there that we should go after. And that's what's kind of our first pivot. Yeah. And that's, that goes back to the big need and the pain point with the kids. I actually was in a high school event last week, a startup summit out at one of the high schools locally. And that was one thing that was a huge pain point for a lot of the students there was simply just, I want to be able to learn, learn about people and not have the pressure that goes along with, you know, school dances and finding a date and all of those crazy things. So I think that you're exactly right on point, which kind of brings into, um, you know, some of the challenges that you've experienced along the way, because with every great idea, uh, there's plenty of challenges. And I know you've shared a few of those along the way with me, but go ahead and talk a little bit about maybe one of your most recent challenges and what you're doing to kind of combat that or overcome that. Yeah, I think the greatest challenge has been to be patient. Number one, number two, we've been telling our friends about it for almost two years now. So they are maybe tired of hearing about it and they want to see it. 
you know, we just feel like to, to do it right, we have to take our time and, and, you know, do the proper steps rather than just push something to the market that is only half done or doesn't really uh, solve the need. So that's probably been a big challenge. Obviously, the financial aspect of it, it's not inexpensive to do. Uh, so we funded um, a lot of the early stuff uh, in-house. And then we have, uh, as we got further along, we did raise some investor dollars, uh, which has been great. And then we formed some some great partnerships through that also. But, you know, I would say that just the, the design, making sure we're solving the real need that we set out to solve. And then, you know, kind of as you get towards the end and you ramp it up, probably the financial aspect is probably one of the bigger ones because mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of expenses associated with uh, bringing it out to market. Oh, yeah. And it's not just the development. It's all of the different support pieces that go along with it. I completely understand. Um, Okay, that's great. What is, you know, as we jump forward a little bit, what's a quick story, you know, that you've learned along the way? Maybe this isn't from Zing itself, but something that you've learned along the way that has helped you get through, you know, building this app. As far as a quick story and putting, you know, this app together, I think, the biggest thing really has been for me to put together the team. And so we have people that are, you know, really gifted at different things. So Rob, who is doing our user interface and user experience part of the app, we would not be here if it wasn't for him Yeah, and just his insight and keeping us on, on target. And then, you know, the, programmers that are doing their job and then john and i which are brainstorming kind of putting it all together from the legal to the marketing um to the customer client feedback to presenting in high schools we've we presented to high school students uh in 38 high schools and colleges here in utah over a thousand students so there's just been so much uh work that has kind of gone into the app and is you know, really just relying on different people to bring their different talents to the table. Yeah. And really, really focusing on the strengths of the different people you've brought to the table and letting them shine. And I think that shows, at least from what I've seen of the app, that shows through as far as quality and thoughtfulness that you've been able to incorporate into it, which brings to another question with the current app where, where, you know, you're, you're, you're there, it's launched, um, all of the fun things. What are some of the favorite features that you're finding people love about your app? Well, we have a lot of feedback from high school, college students. What they love is, well, what, let's say, talk about what they dislike. They okay. dislike group text. Yeah. You know, they dislike not knowing who's on the group text, having to say who is this, not knowing who's coming, not knowing what time, having to scroll back through the text to see who's in and out. Uh, all that kind of stuff. They dislike Facebook because their parents and grandparents are on it. So, you know, there's a lot of the things that Zing offers that they like, which is being able to see who's in each message, a name and a picture, controlling your notifications easily, seeing who's in and out, being able to add, if you want to get together, times, locations, dropping pins, different things like that. So the, the flexibility of the app is really something um, that, that the people love and, you know, some of the most positive feedback that we've gotten. Mm-hmm. Which is fantastic. I know for 
all people. We all have different needs and different things that we want to accomplish. And so as you talk about flexibility, I'm like, I'm getting even more and more excited um, just because I need that flexibility for all kinds of different purposes, for social life, for business life, for random book clubs, or, you know, all of the different things that I'm participating in and thinking about my own teenagers with their, you know, football and dance and, you know, debate and drama, all of those different things. There's different activities and different people. So, you know, and I love the security that goes along with knowing who's in your group texts, uh, and knowing who's, who you're communicating with on a regular basis. Um, you know, tell me something that you don't have incorporated yet, but you're wanting to over the next, uh, maybe the next phase or next build out next, uh, launch of the, you know, next features in the app. Well, the feature that I'm most excited about after we launch will be to add some kind of a payment option, probably uh, through Venmo, PayPal type of a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, our the core of the app is casual communications with your crowd, whether you're talking to them, getting together, things like that. Well, the other big interaction we have with people around us is money transfer. Yeah. And so a way that you could say, get together with like eight of your friends and plan it and have the location, date and time and see who's in and out add people from different groups, different circles of your friends, and then be able to go to that list and just hit Venmo and send someone $5, $10 without having to go to a whole different app. And kind of going back to your previous statement, that's what I really love about Zing is we built a platform where, you know, there's certain apps that just run, let's say team communications and different things. Well, a 10th grader, is not going to think they're number one, they're not checking their email and they're not going to go check some team communication app that's, you know, maybe has an update, but they're in an app that's a messaging app that they're in every single day. It will be right there in front of them. So it'd yeah. be really easy for them to connect. So uh, Venmo will be a cool uh, feature that we've gotten just great feedback from college students. They're, they're using that all the time. Yeah. Uh, down the road, we probably like to add a live feature, whereas, you know, you have a get together, it could be 10 people, it could be larger from a performer, maybe it's 100, 200, where they could go live just to those people that are in that thing, um, you know, telling them what's coming up, or maybe afterwards, thanking them for coming, those types of things. Uh, so we have some, what I think are some really fun features coming up. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds so exciting. I love it. Okay, well, let's jump into a little bit more personal about you and kind of what drives you and some of those things. So tell me a little bit about if you have any lifelong goals or great theories, something cool, fun and unique that you're working on besides the app. <laughs> well, honestly, it's uh, it's pretty time consuming. And so there are not I don't have other projects right now that are, you know, new ideas, new apps, you know, different things. I still have friends that say, hey, that dating app would be a great idea. We'd love that. Whereas it's not even something I give any thought to right now. Just it's, you know, I'm pretty consumed with Zing and, you know, what we want it to be and making sure that that's successful. So it really is. um, And it's kind of the way I've been forever is just a little one track minded, you know, when that's my my path and what I'm working on, that's, you know, where all my attention and 
and focus goes. Yeah, no, I actually, I think that's, uh, I think that's the way it goes for a lot of entrepreneurs and you find that you give, it's just kind of like what you said earlier in the program, you talked about giving a hundred percent and just being all in and thinking about it day and night, no matter if you like it or not. So I actually love that. And I think that that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is, you know, I wish there was a little bit of an easier way to have that one track mind. There's so many distractions that come at us every single day. So I was going to say, don't ever worry about that. That's a good, that's a good asset to have on your side to be able to just focus on one thing. And, you know, one of my mentors, you know, he talks about focus. Uh, he talks about follow one course until success as the analogy, what focus stands for follow one course until success. So anyway, I just love it. Absolutely love it. So, um, okay. So another question, which goes down into, um, you know, one of your number one rules of success, do you have something that you, that you just love that has linked you to success constantly? You know, I don't have, let's say, a number one rule that I follow. It's like, hey, if I do this, I'll be successful. Mm-hmm. I have, I, I have come up with six tenets that I want to live by that I incorporate into my life, and that would be maybe how I would answer that as more holistic type pr- approach. Uh-huh. One, one of the, the the first one is always be a student, so always be learning. Uh, the other is love and accept everybody. And I think to have a successful business startup, you need a certain level of empathy because you're trying to solve someone else's problem. So if you can employ that, it helps you see the problems from their, their point of view. Uh, the third is be kind to the marginalized. And just know that like, hey, everyone is out there. Everyone has a story. Don't overlook anyone. Uh, I call it human capital human capital everyone brings something to the table Mm -hmm. uh the fourth um would be respond with class and you know in any situation just keep it above board and um so people see how you respond always be gracious uh is one and then just have fun you know enjoy life don't take it too serious enjoy the good times and those are really uh the tenets i live by and kind of what drives me and um, how I structure my life. Mm-hmm. Oh, I absolutely love, love, love those. That's so inspiring, Ryan. I'm so glad you shared that. What's something that people wouldn't guess about you? Well, yeah, that's a good question. You know, I think one of them is, um, is that I'm a pretty outgoing person, um, very extroverted, but along with my personality, I'm also, there's an introverted side that kind of likes to do my own thing and a little bit of a lone wolf kind of a, at times. So it's a juxtaposition really of someone that's extremely extroverted, but also has this introverted side where, you know, there's times I like to just do my own thing and kind of have my own time. And I don't mind that one bit. Mm-hmm. No, I actually wondered about that with one of the questions that I asked you earlier. You talked about, you know, doing your thing and coming up with sometimes really great ideas and then taking those ideas to the team to hash them out. I wondered about that. And I think that more often than not, 
people because I'm I'm actually like that as well. I like to have my quiet time and refresh and rejuvenate and then go out and, you know, bebop with the rest of the world. And I find that I do my best when I have a nice balance there. So I think that that's a really great way of approaching the world. So a little bit of a different kind of question. Um, this is more for, you know, I, I think about how much you and John, you guys work really, really hard. You work really well together and you guys have worked on this project nonstop and you have hustled your way to where you are now. And I think there's a lot of people out there that don't really understand either a, how to work really hard or B how to just focus on, you know, their goals and their dreams. So I wanted to hear if you had kind of a, you know, for somebody who either hasn't found it or maybe has lost their inner hustle, what would you tell them to do to kind of figure out what is it going to take for me personally to, to go and, you know, hustle my tail off until I get what I want? You know, I think that your, your inner hustle has to come from your passion for whatever that is. And actually there's twofold. Now that I think of it, there's your passion for it, failure and what other people think you have to just do what you're passionate about. And I mean, how many of the great inventors and businesses have been told no by their friends, by investors, even by the market at times until they, um, you know, tweak their product to make something successful. And I just think that being passionate about something will drive you. If you're, if your goal is to make money or to be rich, you'll just get beat down and discouraged and you'll look at the money that you're investing and the time you're investing and decide to do something else, maybe with less resistance. But if you're passionate, um, it's truly something that you'll, you'll fight through no matter what because you believe in it. And, you know, if you put a good product out there, you know that the money and everything else will follow, but that really can't be your goal. That's really more of a byproduct. So really to follow your passion, uh, I think that's great. And the second piece that you talked about, I wanted to delve in a quick second on that one. So many people get caught up on what other people think or what other people say. And what would be, you know, what's something that you tell yourself to stop worrying about what other people are thinking or saying or could be talking about you in regards to, you know, failure or, or not accomplishing goals? How do you deal with that personally? Well, it's, that's, it's kind of a tricky tightrope walk because on the one hand, you want to be listening to them, listening to their feedback. Uh, you know, we've talked to thousands of people and you have to be open-minded, hear what the pain points are, hear their feedback. But then you also have to put that through that through your filter of how it goes into the core values of your app and your business and what you're trying to solve. So it really is, um, a little bit of both ways where you don't hear the noise or you maybe hear it. And for me, when I hear it, it just drives me. I'm just like, well, I'm just going to work harder. I'm going to prove you wrong. Um, you know, you'll, you'll see type of a thing yeah. uh, where I just quietly go about my business and it just gives me a lot of, um, you know, drive. But then the other side is you have to listen to people and what they say and their feedback and, and take it to heart and see if, there's some of it that you, you know, that really makes a lot of sense. So um, that's kind of the push and pull of that. 
No, I, I love it. Taking some of the negativity that's thrown at you and turning it into a positive source of inspiration and as well energy. I, I absolutely love that. So as we kind of wrap up our conversation, I wanted to ask you, so one of my favorite guys of all times is Gary Vaynerchuk. And he, you know, I listened to a, a podcast of his a while back and he was talking about the age of attention. We're not selling products. We're not selling apps. We're not selling services. We're really in the business of attention getting. And from that perspective, just in the age of attention, what is a favorite strategy that you have employed to get people on board with your ideas and your your products that you've gone to market with? The thing that we've done, and, and I've heard it said, that to build a business that is scalable, you have to start doing things that are not scalable. And so that is what we really have done. If you want to build an app that has millions of users, you cannot talk to millions of people um, eventually. But you know what? You can talk to one. You can talk to a 10, 100, 1,000. We've talked to probably personally several thousand people at this point to show them how it works, get their feedback, those types of things. And so for us to build an app that's scalable, we really have put in a lot of time just one-on-one boots on the ground uh, type uh, warfare where we're out there telling people every day all the time how, how it works, how they can use it, that type of thing. So that would be, you know, I guess uh, one of the things I just highly recommend. Yeah, no, I and I, I think that's a really great piece of advice. And, you know, when it comes to attention, if you try and speak to everyone, nobody can hear you. That's one way I like to think about it. So you really do want to hone in and get really, really clear on the people you're talking to so that they can hear you and not worry about the rest of the people, right? Yep. Yeah. So, okay. So as we kind of wrap up, I first want to take a quick second to thank you so much for taking the time to interview on this podcast. And I I want to hear two things as we wrap up our call. Number one, is there some sort of piece, piece of advice for people who want to launch their app? And how do people stay in touch with you, Ryan? Sometimes ignorance is bliss. Like it, it seems so easy to do, but it really is a lot of work. And the, the old adage, it takes twice as long and costs twice as much money. You know, you can multiply that by 10 uh, when you're dealing with an app and software and, you know, solving a, a pain point. So my advice for someone that's wanting to do that, you know, there's thousands, if not millions of apps in the app store, which were just maybe have a great idea but are just thrown together because they think they have to rush to market so fast. And, you know, your idea is only as good as your execution and implementation. So I would say, you know, take your idea, be patient, think it through frontwards, backwards, um, and, and just do it correctly. And that will give yourself the best chance at success um, in, in a pretty competitive marketplace. You can find, uh, me i am out on social media our instagram is ziing.me or you can find me at ryan r-y-a-n-a sap s-a-p-p i'm on facebook twitter um if you can't find me on social media then i I don't know what to say (laughs) go go to the website yeah go to the website (laughs) ziing.me and great this is what it's been wonderful chatting with you ryan thanks have a fantastic week and we are over and out with hustle and grow
This podcast was recorded by me, Aseneth Horton, your host of Hustle and Grow. I'm a serial entrepreneur and expert publicist. I've launched 11 different businesses of my own, including a magazine publishing company, both clothing and jewelry lines, and even a roofing company. I've also helped hundreds of businesses from startup tech to multi-million dollar enterprises run successful marketing and PR campaigns. On top of all of that, I have a confession to make. I sleep, dream, and eat business and never tire of thinking about the possibilities or watching these possibilities come to life when someone or some team is excellent at launching. You know what they say about business, right? Starting a business is like launching a rocket ship. You need all the support and ideas you can get. Music on this podcast is by Everything We're Not, and the production is by Ascendant Horton & Company. Ciao!